to Romans 6, 22. Romans 6, 22. Verse 22 through 23. And after you turn it to Romans 6, 22 through 23, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word. I love Romans chapter 6. In fact, I was going to do it tonight. I'm going to wait. I'll probably do it in a couple weeks. We'll have a sermon based simply on that chapter. Romans chapter 6, verse 22 through 23 says, But now, since you have been set free from sin and have become enslaved to God, you have your fruit which results in sanctification and the outcome is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. All that second, that second verse, I know it like the back of my hand. I say, then I start forgetting one word and it throws me off, but I love that verse. I love it. You all know who know me. I quote it all the time, right along with Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23 go so well together. But I love that verse. It's a beautiful verse. It truly is. I love this week. I do. I love so many holidays and celebrations. I'm a very patriotic man of what America was founded upon. And it says, it says on the Declaration of Independence, in Congress, July 4, 1776, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men were created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, that's the Lord God, with certain innate unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Know this, that 56 men put together and signed the Declaration of Independence, and of those 56 men, 52 were active members of the church and faith and these men, these men, many of them put their lives on the line. Five of them were tortured as traitors. Many of them went through horrible things to protect this country. It was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't do it this year, but oftentimes I sing this song that was uh, based off this very truth. It was based off this. The 4th of July is a thing I truly love. This country isn't what it once was, but that doesn't mean that it's still not founded on the truth. And that truth is still what it once was and is, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is still the truth. God's word is still the truth. And it's true that a lot of people in this nation are trying to find freedom that shouldn't be there. But that doesn't mean that we have to. That doesn't mean that we have to go that direction. That doesn't mean that we have to live a lie. We can live on the truth that this nation was founded upon. Amen? Amen. And that doesn't mean we have to hate those people. We're not to hate anyone. We're to love them enough to speak the truth of the Lord God, Jesus Christ. And as you see right now, that Pastor Felt Coons is, is wrapped around in the uh, flag. And I built this myself. I'm, of course, joking. But the truth is, is uh, this is one of the hottest shirts that I own. The first time I wore it a year ago, I walked out of here just dripping, dripping with sweat. This is why I have a fan on to make sure that I don't do that this year. I hope not, because I, it is the hottest shirt in the world. But it's worth it. 
And I do love Independence Day and what it truly stands for. And But there's more than just the freedom that we talk about here in America. People think of America as being a place where we can say what we want to say, do what we want to do, live how we want to live, be with what we want to be with, and, and, and live how we want to live. But the truth of the matter is, is this freedom that this nation was found on us to be one nation under God. And that is how it ought to be. And so the title of today's sermon is Red, White, and Blue, Eternal Freedom in You. That's a long title. I know that. But I had a lot to say. I had a lot to say. So we're going to. First of all, red, white, and blue, those colors, like so many colors, like so many things in the Bible has meaning. It's amazing to me. When you look at the Bible, there's a lot of meaning inside of colors, inside of numbers, inside of lots of things that God created. There's a lot of num a lot of meanings, biblical, spiritual meaning inside of it. Now, we don't have time to go through every color, and we don't need to today. We don't have to go through all the biblical meaning of the numbers, and we don't need to. But we are going to go through the meaning of what red, what, what white, and what blue mean in the Bible. Now, I know that when we look at red, white, and blue, there are different meanings, right, in, in, in the uh, flag. We know the original red stripes stood for those original states. We know all that. And originally, did you know, you may not know this, did you know originally that their intention was to add a new stripe every time there was a new state? That would be an awful lot of stripes. So instead, they decided just to add new stars. And that's a lot better because I'm sure you've seen the original flag had the 13 stars wrapped around. Praise God, they decided not to make new stripes, but just to add the new stars. That's why we now have uh, how many stars? How many stars? 50. There you go. I want to make sure that we don't think we've added Washington, D.C. It's not a state. But we do have 50 stars, and hopefully we'll keep it at that. But I know this. No matter what the states are, no matter who is legally here and who is not, we know this, that we are to be in this country that was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the reason why I say that is because all those, whether they're saved or not saved, God loves them and we love them, but we, they need to know the truth. And that is that this nation was founded on the truth of Jesus. That doesn't mean we hate people who aren't Christians. It doesn't mean that at all. We love them. Jesus Christ loved those who didn't know him. But he loves them enough to show them the truth. He loved them enough to speak the truth to them, as we should. That doesn't mean that we have hatred towards anybody, but it does mean that you love them enough to be honest, to be forthright. There are meanings behind those colors. I'm going to read to you Isaiah. It's a great book. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. So you can write that down. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 and it says this because this was going to take care of the uh, the white and the red for you you're gonna like this Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says come now and let us reason together says the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be white as snow it then says though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool now you think about that once upon a time, once upon a time, you're full of sin, sinner. But his red blood was shed on the cross. And when you go into him and you ask him to save you, your sin was washed. And you, your sin has become white as snow. White as snow. So let's take a look at the colors. Red. Red, and I'm talking biblically now. So you can think of this as a uh, Christian. 
By the way, when people ask you, are you an American? I don't just say I'm an American, and I don't say I'm an American Christian. I say I'm a Christian American. Why do I say this? And by the way, it doesn't matter what people think, but I'm a Christian American because I'm a Christian first, and then I'm an American. Why? Yeah, but you were born in America. You bet I was born in America. I don't say I'm a Missourian. <laughs> you know, I was born in Missouri. I'm not always so proud of that. Why? Show me. Uh, no, I'm not that kind of guy. Uh, I'm not Thomas. I'm not Thomas. I wasn't the kind of had to be shown first. I, I, I would say by faith, by faith, by faith. Here's the truth. Um, any batteries in this probably? To show their atonement, it was to show their obedience until the true Lamb came, the true Lamb which was and is Jesus Christ. That's the same Lamb that is now you. By the way, I know some people still believe that they have to go through these things. We don't because the moment Jesus Christ died on the cross, that curtain ripped. That curtain ripped. Now we don't even know where the Ark of the Covenant is, no matter what Indiana Jones and them try to find. We don't know where that Ark of the Covenant is because it's not necessary. The Ark, if you will, is in your heart because you now have Jesus Christ in you. His blood was shed for you so that you no longer have to worry about it. So that red stands for the blood of Christ, the love of God, the atonement for your what? Salvation. Salvation. I'm going to give you a verse. 1 John 1.7 1 John 1-7. Here we go. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. From all sin. But pastor, you don't know all the things I've said, all the things I've done, all the, you're right, I don't. But God does. He knew the sin before you came to him. He knew the sin you're going to do after. This is not an excuse to keep sinning, by the way. We'll talk about that in a minute. But know that God is good enough. Jesus is good enough. He's the ever-cleansing lamb. His blood cleansed you from all sin, from all time. And I know what the devil does to you. He tells you, but you're not good enough. He's right. See, once in a while, the devil tells you something that's right. Because he tells a little bit of truth. I said, said this to the kids for 25 years. He tells a little bit of truth and a lot of it a lie. Because that's what he did to Adam. That's what he did to Eve. That's what he even did to Jesus. But Jesus being God said, get thee behind me, Satan. Get away. And we can do the same. Because you have Jesus Christ living in you. You're that new Ark of the Covenant, if you will. In the sense that you have the Son living in you. His blood was shed for you. That red is in you. So when you see the pastor today wearing the red, white, and blue, let it be a symbol. You have that red of Jesus, the blood of Jesus shed for you. And then white. What does the white stand for? In the Bible, white stands for pure. It stands for saved. It stands for the bride of Christ. Oh, we just went through a sermon about the bride of Christ a week ago. The bride of Christ. What is the bride of Christ? That is the church. That is you. You are the saints. By the way, I know that the Catholic Church kind of messed up what saints means. You know what a saint is? It's not being perfect because you're not. The perfect one lives within you. You are a saint the moment you ask Jesus in your heart. Now, a lot of people don't live like a saint, like a saved one, though they should. That doesn't mean being perfect, but that means following the perfect one, Jesus Christ. But you are a saint. That means you are a soldier of God, as we were just singing. That means the white stands for completion. You are completely saved. 
So red is the blood of Jesus Christ, which makes you white, pure, saved, bride of Christ, saint, triumphant. That means peace. You can have the peace. You have peace. I don't know about you, but before I was saved, I was scared all the time. I remember being scared all the time. What if something happens to me? What if I die? What if something happens? But you know what? Since I've been saved, since I was that little boy, and I was scared, since I was saved, I have peace. I have peace. I've got peace like a river. I've been saved. You know why? I'm not saying I deserve it. You know what I deserve to do? I deserve to die and go to hell. But guess what? I know because of Jesus Christ who lives within me, because of his red, because of his blood, I have the white peace. Hallelujah. I triumphant, not because of me, but because of he who's within me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can say amen. You can say hallelujah. I'm not going to kick you out. I promise. You got the red, you got the white, and you know what you got? Don't say I'm blue. No, you don't got that kind of blue. But you got the biblical blue. And biblical blue doesn't mean to be like Elvis at Christmas. It doesn't mean that. It means to have the word of God. Because that's what blue usually, there's one other meaning, but we're not going to get into that. Because, you know, sometimes they, they have other meanings. But blue in the Bible means the word of God. It also means heaven. It means the Holy Spirit. Which is kind of funny because I color code all of my stuff. In other, other words, I'd be all over the place. Probably am anyway. But in the Bible, I color code my Bible. And I usually color code the Bible for angels, which it also stands for, and for the Holy Spirit. And that's what also is blue. The meaning is the Holy Spirit. So blue stands for the Word of God, stands for heaven, stands for the Holy Spirit, and it stands for authority. Because here's what you may not know. The Word of God is the authority of God. The Holy Spirit, which is a part of God, as is the Son, is the authority of God. So whether you know it or not, you have the authority of God living within you. Oh, I don't mean, and please don't misunderstand, I don't mean you can walk into a quick trip today and say, I have the authority of God, give me 50% off of this. I don't mean that, please don't do that, okay? Please don't do that. So, Pastor told me, go find the walking flag guy. He'll tell you the truth. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you are following the word of God and living by the word of God and by the word of God alone, the authority of God is living within you because God's word is the truth. And you know how we know that? Because Jesus Christ is the truth. He's the living word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He's the living word. Hallelujah. Okay. Greater is he who's within me, 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he who's in me than he who's of the world. But the world doesn't agree because they don't know him, but you do. The red, the white, the blue lives within you. Amen. And it does. So when people say, do you have America living with you? I have better than America living within me. I have what America was built on, the truth that is Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so we now know what that stands for. Now we need to know about freedom. True freedom. Freedom is so much more than what the people of America think it is. People think that freedom means you can say you're a man when you're a woman, or that you're a woman when you're a man. I could tell you right now I weigh 150 pounds. It's a lie, but I could tell you that. Maybe my supper was 150 pounds. But that being said, let me just tell you something. It wasn't, incidentally. But let me tell you something. Freedom is so much more. Let's look to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 through 30. Let's see what Jesus Christ says. So we go to the living word. Let's see what he says. 
Luke chapter 12, verse 22 through 30, when he said to his disciples, Therefore, I say to you, do not be anxious for your life, what you will eat, nor for your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food. You got to remember they went by a law. And if you didn't follow that law, you were nothing in the eyes of, the, of Judaism, what we call Judaism now, the Jewish law. That's what he says. Or what you will wear, verse 23. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens, and neither snow, so, excuse me, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barns, yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Yes, that's right. He said, life is for the birds. I'm joking. Okay, goes on to say, who of you by worrying can add one cubit to his height? Did you hear that, Sister Raquel? <laughs> Just today she's talking about this. Uh, who, it, says, it says, who of you by worrying can add one cubit to his height? If you then cannot do what is least, why are you anxious about the other things? Verse 27, consider how the lilies grow. They neither spin nor weave. Yet I say to you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If God so clothed the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you or you owe oh, you of little faith and do not seek what you will eat or what you will drink nor uh, be of any anxious mind for the nations of the world seek all these things and your father knows what you need or excuse me he knows that you need them but seek the kingdom of god for all these things shall be given to you Listen to what it says in verse 32. Make sure I'm supposed to keep going here. I'm, I'm going on just a little further. I was going to. It says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I'm going to stop there. God wants to give you the kingdom. We are to know that He has given us freedom. We are to be free of worry. And we can go on from that. I love what it says in John 8, 32. Actually, there's two places in there, John 8 and John chapter 8. John 8, 32 and John 8, 36. I love this. You're to be free. You're to be set free from these things. You're set free from worry and anxiety. We're not saying that to live life like you have no bills, to live life like you don't have to eat or wear clothes or take care of your children or have uh, medicine. Be wise. But don't let that control you. It's not saying that you don't have to have wisdom in life, but don't let your anxieties, your worries control you. You know why? Because God is in you and he knows what you need. It says this in John 8, 32. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know Jesus and Jesus is the truth. And it goes on to say in John 8, 36. Therefore, if the Son sets you free, you will really be free. Or I love how another verse says that you will be free indeed. Oh, hallelujah. Be free from the worries. Be free from all these anxieties. Be free from it. I know we're full of worries and anxieties in this world. What's so-and-so going to say of me? But what is the, what is the president going to say? That? I ain't worried about that. 
I'm not worried about what, what the government's going to say about me because greater is he who is in me than he who is of the world. Greater is Christ. By the way, no matter who's the president, no matter if it's a crazy old man who can't go up the stairs, no matter if it's a crazy man who has weird-looking hair and orange skin, no matter if it's anybody else who wants to run, no matter who the president is, the king lives within me. So, and I'm not trying to be insulting, I guess in a way I was, but I'm not trying to be too insulting of who's running. I'm worried about who's living in me because I'm going to respect the office they live in because God put, allowed them to be there. But I am going to follow the one who put me here in the, this country and I do love them and I want to pray for all people who God put in government. But at the same time, it, they're not the one going to control me. God is going to be the one that I bow to and pray to. Amen? Amen. Okay. John 14, 6. And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's our freedom. That's one of my favorite verses. I say it every day. I love it. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Remember, you have the Spirit of the Lord in you. We sometimes forget this when we're at work, or when we're at the store, or when you're on the highway, and people are cutting you off and treating you badly, or they're saying horrible things, like, you're not a good person because you don't agree with this person or that person. Don't worry about them. Treat them with love and compassion, doing to them as you'd have them doing to you. That's uh, Luke 6.31 and Matthew 7.12 the golden rule but remember this worry about the one living in you and leading you and guiding you don't be guided by the people you're friends with on Facebook or TikTok and all that stuff worry only about the one who's leading you and guiding you and he will guide you how to treat those people with love, compassion and the true freedom is not what they say or all the likes you get the true freedom is the Holy Spirit. That is true freedom. Galatians 5.13 If you were called to be free, brothers, excuse me, for you were called to be free, brothers and sisters, that means brothers and sisters in Christ, for you were called to be free, brothers, only don't use this freedom for as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. This is a perfect opportunity to move to another subject. We're not to be under slavery. We're not to be under slavery. This is a thing that gets talked about all the time. We talk about the past of America and slavery that we had here. There is far more slavery in the world than that, which we'll talk about in the upcoming sermon. But we're going to talk about the slavery that we are still slaves to sometimes, and that is the slavery of sin. Well, we don't have to be a slavery uh, under the slavery of sin. We don't have to be slave to sin. We don't have to be that. So let's now turn to Romans 6, 1 through 7. We can be free from sin. This doesn't mean we don't mess up, but we don't have to be a slave to it. As the world tells you, just do what you want, be what you want. That's what true love and true freedom is. They talk about America's the freedom to say what you want. That's not what the freedom That's not what freedom meant. Is this thing still working? Okay. 
That's not what true freedom meant whenever they were building America. Freedom wasn't about having an attitude against the Lord or an attitude against other people. Freedom meant that you weren't under the thumb of the government. That's what it meant. We still have scruples. We still have uh, love and compassion we're treated with people with. We're still to have morals and we're to have biblical morals. It doesn't mean to have the freedom to do what you want to do and not care and, and have the morality. We're to still have that. So now let's read Romans 6, Romans 6, 1 through 7. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may increase? God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Do you not know that, that we who were baptized in Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, so, we, so shall we also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him so that uh, the body of sin might be destroyed and should no longer, and we, excuse me, and we should no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is freed from sin. We don't have to be a slave to sin any longer. You know, this is not to say that we don't have weaknesses. You have weaknesses, I have weaknesses, but we don't have to be a slave to that sin anymore. If your sin, and by that I mean your weakness, if your weakness is lust, we don't have to be a slave to it any longer. If your weakness is, is, a, is to gossip, you don't have to be a slave to it anymore. You don't have to give in to it all the time. If your weakness is anger, you don't have to give in to it anymore. Maybe your weakness is, is a low self-esteem. You don't have to give that to you anymore. And by that, I mean you don't have to, to be a slave to it and constantly let control you. You don't have to give in to the control of anger, to gossip, to lust, to frustration, to language, to whatever it might be. And I understand, or to a habit of alcoholism or, or obesity or whatever it is. And I've had my share of several of these things. And Satan constantly throws a new one. Every single day, there's a temptation of another. Frustration, hatred, anger, it comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. And if one doesn't work, he throws another one. It's like every single time you do, it's like being on the highway. Every time you go around one, there's another dip in the road. There's another bump. There's another, and now they got another. And every time you think that they're done on the highway, making it look good again, guess what? Now they're working on another thing. Isn't that right? And then why you're like, oh good, it finally looks good. And all of a sudden, oh, now they messed it up again. It seems like every time you think you're done, they pull you back in. That's the way it is. And the devil's always got a new temptation and a new bump in the road and a new thing. And they're like, God, is it ever going to get any easier? And God says, yeah, when I take you home, it's going to be perfect. But not till then. So you know what you do? Instead of trying to put it on cruise control, follow God and pay attention. I know you get tired. I know you get tired. You either have the freedom not to pay attention and follow all the other people on the big wide road. Or you pay attention on that little narrow road where you know you're going to have your bumps. You know you're going to have your bruises. However, you know it's leading to the right path of Christ. Amen.
We're not to be a slavery to sin. It says in 1 Peter 2.16, Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves, as God's servants, as God's free children. That's how we're to be. John 8.34. John 8.34. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And it does. It controls you. And here's the thing. Some things that people may not want to tell you and may make me sound like a bad pastor or a person, sin feels so good for a minute. Doesn't it? For just a minute. I'm talking about the old flesh. It feels so good to go off on someone in the old flesh. If someone has made you mad, oh, let me tell you something. You, you feel like, oh, Yosemite. Remember Yosemite Sam from the Looney Tunes? He's like, oh, right rabbit and you start going crazy on him and you just tell him what for and then the Holy Spirit comes back and you shouldn't have done that and then all of a sudden you start feeling really bad and you're a bad witness and cry you're not you're still a Christian but you're one who perhaps has ruined any possibility of being used in that person's life unless you go back and say I was wrong I did really wrong and maybe, maybe God can use you later on. But not unless you let all your pride go and let God use you later. Not you to be the one, but God. Now moving on from that, you have eternal freedom. You think, and I'm talking about people here in America, think that they have a freedom, the perfect freedom. Mm -hmm. God has a perfect eternal freedom. Red, white, and blue, eternal freedom in you. We already said that red stands for the blood of Christ, the atonement, salvation. Because of that, you have the white, pure, saved. You're the bride of Christ, church. You're a saint, triumphant, peace, completion because of Jesus in you. And that gives you blue. That means authority because of the Holy Spirit, the word of God. You're going to be in heaven. You have that red, white, and blue in you. And because of that, you have freedom. You don't have to be a slave to sin. We'll talk more about slavery on another day. But you have that eternal freedom, as it says in 1 Corinthians 7.22. For he, 1 Corinthians 7.22, for he who is called in the Lord while a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, he, he who is called while free is Christ's servant. I'll say it again. I think it's very interesting. For he who is called in the Lord while a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's servant. In other words, you think you're free when you're in the world, but you're a servant, a slave to sin. But whenever you're free from that, you're Christ's servant. I would rather be a servant to the Lord than a slave to sin. Amen. Galatians 5.1. Galatians 5.1. For freedom, Christ freed us. Stand fast, therefore, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. What a beautiful passage. What a beautiful passage. Never is never to be taken away from you. That freedom is never to be taken away from you. Ever. Ever. So many times we get confused about our freedom. 
talking about salvation. It's never to be taken away from us. The reason we get confused is because the sense of freedom, our walk with Christ, gets messed up. We a lot of times give in to that temptation and we feel like we're in bondage, in slavery. And it's because our relationship is in slavery, not our salvation. We have a slave-like relationship with Christ sometimes. We're not a slave to him anymore, or a servant to him, I should say. We are now a slave again to sin. And I understand. I have to wrestle with it all the time. Too often, we find ourselves wrestling against the wrong things. But listen to what it says in Psalm 1-1. Psalm 1-1. That's easy to remember. The very first psalm, the very first verse. Listen to what it says. Happy is the man who does not walk in the way sinful men tell him to, or stand in the path of sinners, or sit with those who laugh at the truth. So you remember that when the world is talking about how free they are in America to do what they want to do, say what they want to say, be how they want to be, live how they want to be. Think they're a woman when they're a man. Think they're a man when they're a woman. Think they're tall when they're short. Think they're short when they're tall. Think that they're fat when they're thin. Think that they're thin when they're fat. Think that they're whatever. I have a full head of hair, can't you tell? Can't you tell I'm the thinnest, fullest head of uh, uh, hair for a black man? Can't you tell? No, I'm not into those things. I am what God made me to be physically so that he could change me to be what he wants me to be, what I need to be spiritually. And I'm okay with that. Yes, I've had brain tumors. Yes, I've been fat. Yes, some of it's my fault. Yes, some of it's not. Yes, I'm not a perfect man. Yes, I've made my share of mistakes. But yes, God could take those things and change them around so that he can make me better of an individual. Because God can take those things in your life, in my life, and make us better. He could take those things that we've been slaves to and make us free through him, his son. Amen. You don't have to be a slave to sin. You can be set free through Jesus Christ. You can have the red, white, and blue living in you today. Not the flag, but the Jesus Christ, Son of Christ, the Lord God. And it says in Psalm 1, 5 through 6, it says, So the sinful will not stand. They will be told they are guilty and have to suffer for it. Sinners will not stand with those who are right with God. For the Lord knows the way of those who are right with him. But the way of the sinful will be lost from God forever. Don't be like them. Though they think they're free, they're not free. They are brought down by the chains. They're brought down in the slavery of what they think is freedom. Just like Satan came to Jesus Christ and said that he would do all these things for him. Just like Satan came to Adam and Eve. Just like Satan came to David and all these other people and tried to, to enlighten them and set them free. And it's like he does with you every day. He's done with me and I've given in to it at times. Just like I've given in to temptation foolishly. And just like you've given in to temptation foolishly and probably even lied to yourself. Oh, I did nothing wrong. Just like the world does every single day. We get brought down by chains, but we don't have to do that anymore. You're set free from these things. Grow. Go on. Be free from these things. Let the red, white, and blue have eternal freedom in you and in our growth. We don't have to go back to that. But we'll talk more about the slavery another time, slavery of sin. We can go on from that because we can be blessed and we can grow. You can be set free and be free indeed. And we're going to close today. We're going to close today with Psalms. The Psalm 33, chapter 12. 
As we go to that, as we're about to close a prayer, I want to say this to you. If today you have a temptation that just seems to have a hold of you more than anything else, and it's all different for other people. What's hard for me is not hard for you. What's hard for you is not hard for me. There might be something that's just very, very difficult for you. God can set you free from that, but you have to give it over to Him. And every day is a new day, and it's going to be harder tomorrow. Give it over to God. He can help you. Don't give up. God's not giving up on you. You may think, I can't go on. Yes, you can. Remember 1 John 4, 4, I say it all the time because it's so true. Don't listen to the devil. Don't listen to those antichrists out there who are misleading you on, uh, on those false religions. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in me, that's Jesus Christ, and he who is of the world. Don't listen to them. You listen to him, Jesus Christ. Listen to that red, white, and blue who's living within you. You listen to Jesus. He wants to set you free, and free you will be indeed. What does it say in Psalm 33, verse 12? Blessed, and this is what I pray for America to go back to, because we're not free anymore. We're under the slavery of sin, whether we want to believe it or not. We're not the nation we once were, but I'm not going to let that control me. Mm -mm. I still wear the American flag, knowing that the cross is greater than that red, white, and blue. Psalm 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his inheritance. Now that was Israel. But it can be America again. And if it's not to be America, it's at least to be the Christian Americans. That can be you. That can be me. It's whoever chooses to follow God first. Remember, God is always to be first. Then your loved ones then others, and then you. Let's bow prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the freedom that you have given us through your Son. We thank you for this free nation. So many other nations don't have the freedom to even do what I did just now, allowing you to speak through me and to me. Lord God, for all the things that we get entangled with, for the things that tempt us even today and tomorrow, I pray that you will help us, Lord, to say no. And for the times that we start to give into it, I pray, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord Jesus Christ. Give us strength of the Holy Spirit to turn away from it. And Lord God, I do pray. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you will give us even greater strength and that, Lord God, we will remember that you are greater than anything else around us. And we will not have to answer to anybody else, but we will have to answer to you. Lord, I pray that we will feel your strength and your love and your compassion and your kindness in every single moment of the day. I pray that that love will be felt not just in us, but through us to other people in our lives. And when we are tempted to say things that could come off unloving and come off mean, I pray, Lord God, that they will feel the Holy Spirit, that we will allow the Holy Spirit to be used in our lives. I pray that the people in our lives will come to know you if they don't know you already, if there be anyone here who doubts their salvation. I pray upon this day they will come forward and know for a fact that when we leave this world, which we will do, that they will know that they will be in your arms and in your home of heaven. I pray this, Lord Jesus Christ, and that you will protect us on our way home today, and that you will protect us throughout this week, and that everyone will be safe in your arms today. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen.